0: Welcome to the Family Worship Center podcast. Each week we bring you our message from our Sunday morning services at Family Worship Center in Beaumont. Certainly, at this point in time, Zach and Mary, neither one, was expecting God. But now Mary is expecting God. The Son of God. We hope you find this message encouraging. looking at some of the narratives in the, the Gospels. And in Luke chapter 1, if you've got your Bibles and want to turn there, they're going to have it on the screen for you as well, though. The title of my message is Expecting. And whenever you say that, a lot of different things jump into your mind. People say, well, we're expecting. It means they're having a baby. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I, I saw that on Facebook. <laughs> Congrats. Uh, sometimes we, when we're praying, we say, well, I'm expecting, I'm praying and expecting. And we've got a narrative in Luke chapter 1 about people that we're expecting in a lot of different contexts to that. But basically, in Luke chapter 1, and I won't read the whole thing to you, but you've got a, a couple of situations, and one of which is there's an elderly priest His name is Zachariah. And Zach and his wife Elizabeth, who we'll call Liz. So you got Zach and Liz, and they're older, never had any children. And so Zach's in the sanctuary taking care of business, doing all the stuff that they've got to do in uh, Judaism. And it's a lot of of formality involved, a lot of liturgy. And so as he's going through his liturgy of worship, And a lot of the things that the priest did, they were by themselves. So he's by himself in the sanctuary, in the temple, and an angel appears and says, "Um, you and Liz fixing to have a baby. And Zach says, oh yeah, for real. You know, my wife's really old. And I think he realized that it was probably going to go down in print, so he he also, and I'm old too. And how is this going to happen? Seeing as though we're both past the age of being able to have a child. And this angel, who is Gabriel, I don't know if he maybe had a bad day or something, but he's like, you can just see, he kind of puts his hands on his hips, and he says, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of the Lord, and this is fixing to happen. And just so you'll know that this is going to happen, you won't get to say another word till the baby's born. All he could do was nod. (laughs) No, No words coming out. And so he goes home, and I'm sure scribbles it down on a pad. We're fixing to have a baby. And so we know what the rest of the story is. His wife conceived a child and the child was born, and they were going to name him as tradition would have it by somebody that was already in their family. And Leah says, no, we're going to name him John. And they said, what? There's nobody John in your family. Why are you naming him that? And let's ask Zachariah. He can't say nothing, but he asks for a pad, scribbles it down. His name is going to be John. Bada boom, bada beam. He gets to speak after that. So it was during... Zach and Liz's time of pregnancy. In fact, is about the sixth month of it. That an angel appears. This is where we take up. I had to put that context in there because it starts out in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. It's talking about Zach and Liz. God sent the angel Gabriel, same angel there, uh, to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph. And he was a descendant of King David, which just simply means that he is in the lineage of that. So Gabriel appears. Poof. We don't know if it said poof, but there was definitely, you got to figure, a cloud of smoke. And the angel Gabriel says, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. And she's probably like, huh. Hold on. Hang on to that, Gabriel. Yellow. Yeah, yeah. There's an angel. Just appeared. I don't know what he's going to say. He just appeared, and, and this is this is just crazy. I, I just I, I can't get on. Just hang on one second. And yeah, all right, all right. Well, l- let me let me call you back. All right, bye. Just hang on a second. Instagram. funny thing just happened. An angel appeared. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag humbled. Have you figured out how crazy our society has gotten? No, you're not humble or you wouldn't be spouting it off on Instagram. Amen. I mean, this is I, I, I've been studying through my own. I, I, of course, we're studying on Wednesday nights. So we'll start that back up right after the first year. We're studying through the book of Acts. I've been kind of studying through Corinthians myself. And I looked at this city, which which was so absolutely crazy like that. And I, I saw so many parallels between Corinth in our society today, the Corinth was was kind of a, a city that had, it had been uh, basically just destroyed uh, and, and rebuilt. And as the emperors came along, they didn't like places that were empty that had housing and stuff in it. So they moved a bunch of people in there, gave a bunch of the land away to people who had fought in wars, veterans that had earned their keep and some sailors and stuff like that. So here's this isthmus, a little jut of land that went out, and one side goes toward Europe, one side goes toward Asia, very key part of the, part of the land. And, and a lot of these people had gone in there and made their fortunes, uh, trading and selling and buying and all this kind of stuff. And it was very much like our society today in that people didn't mind bragging on themselves. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag humbled. fact is, I was reading one story of a guy, name was Fabius, and he was like a, a councilman in the city of Corinth, and he had this huge fountain built to his honor, and on it he inscribed, this fountain was built by Fabius, that was his name, Fabius, and basically I paid for it by my own hand. Out of my own money, I paid for this and basically at the bottom, kind of like today, I approved this fountain. I built and approved this fountain. And just in case somebody were to miss the fact that Fabius was pretty much full of Fabius, he imprinted that on both sides of it. So no matter which side of the street you were on, you could see this fountain was built by Fabius, built and paid for by himself. And see, here's the deal. Sometimes we get so full of us that we got no room for nobody else. Here is this angel that appeared to Mary. And if it were today, the phone call, how many of you ever had that hand? You you went out of your way to take somebody to lunch or you went out of your way to go see somebody and their phone rings by somebody who all they did was punch a button. We don't even dial numbers anymore. My phone number growing up when I was a kid out in the middle of the sticks of western Kentucky was 502-382-2683. Why do you remember that? Because I had to remember it. Some of you that are younger, you don't even know what I'm talking about. I was telling my kids about rotary phones the other day. And it was on the wall in the kitchen. And and if by chance you convinced your parents to get a long cord on it, you could kind of slip around and get through the living room door so that you wouldn't have to talk right there in the kitchen in front of mom whenever she was fixing supper. And, and I mean, it wasn't portable and it was on a cord, and if, if you got in mom's way while you were stretching it across the kitchen, she'd, get off the phone. I mean, do you remember, do you know what I'm talking about? And so our society has changed so much that it would, it would be within the concept of, of our thinking that here's this angel appears to Mary, and she gets a phone call. Hang on, hang on just a second. And then she gets on Instagram. Hold on. See. When I was a kid, if you ever got a selfie... And you didn't realize how stupid you looked until you got the pictures back. And that would be whenever Mom got ready to develop the film, and you had two birthdays and Christmas in between, <laughs> on one roll of film. Nowadays they do that, you know, like, do that fish face and broke leg and all that kind of stuff, because <laughs> they get to practice it. I mean, you can hit that button, you can set it, and. That way you can pick whichever picture looks the best to put on Instagram whenever you say, me and the angel, hashtag blessed, hashtag humble. (laughs) Amen? Fabius built this fountain and paid for it out of his own pocket and approved its its construction. Amen? That's, That's where we're at today. It is so absolutely crazy that... That, that that our kids practice their selfies and and get it down to a science and an art. If you'll notice on my page, if you ever go to my Facebook, I don't really have much of an Instagram. Uh, there's not a lot of selfies. Why? Because I, I still look back in that time when like Hey, it doesn't matter how I take my picture. I look like a dork. It's just uh, it's just that way. So here's the deal. How can we be so full of ourselves? And ever, ever, ever get that God moment. Because see, we're not expecting to see God. We're not expecting to see an angel. So we get so caught up in this life, so caught up in all the stuff that we're doing, that it's very, very, very hard for God to get an end. I have, um, I enjoy... Watching videos, don't watch that much TV anymore. It's just I got out of the habit of about two years ago during the election cycle. It just, uh, everything just turned my stomach. So I quit watching television that much. We don't watch all that much television anymore. We've got a couple of series that we record and you fast forward through the commercials and all that junk. And uh, I'm sure the advertisers love people like us because they don't get to talk to us. And so uh, what I find myself doing though is watching a lot of YouTube videos. You know, stuff I'm interested in, all that kind of stuff. But you know what I have found? That I, we, as human beings, we tend to gravitate toward that video type thing. We can watch whatever we want to watch, when we want to watch it, exactly what we're interested in. And, and you know what I have found myself doing this this last little bit, and I've discovered it in myself, a, a introspective from the standpoint of, I have found that I, I'm I'm not... It's hard for me to sit down and read a book. My attention span has grown very, very short because I'm watching stuff that I'm interested in. If it doesn't hold my interest, I click to the next video. And all of a sudden, I just got to thinking about this when I read this this scripture. How hard would it be for God to get our attention long enough for the angel Gabriel to come and appear to us And get more out than, hi, I'm Gabriel. Before our attention span would run out. Let's finish the scripture. (laughs) Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed. In other words, she was tore up. She didn't know what this guy was wanting. Didn't know who he was. And Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid. That was the same thing he said to Zach whenever he talked to him about having a baby. God realizes that it's out of the ordinary for him to appear, even by an angel, to us. And that it would be very easy for us to be fearful. Why? Because we're not looking for the good, we're always looking for the bad. If he had of appeared, if the angel had have appeared and give some bad warning about something that was going to happen, it probably would have been much more believable. We tend to gravitate toward the negative. But here he is. You're highly favored. And don't be afraid. For you have found favor with God. Realize God is not mad at you. Amen. Because of Jesus Christ. We have found grace, the unmerited favor of God. We didn't deserve it, nothing that we could have done. I've said this for a long time. Nothing that you or I could do that would impress God enough for him to pour out his favor upon us. He did it because he loves us. The unmerited favor of God. Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You'll conceive and give birth to a son. Whoa, wait a minute. What? You'll call him Jesus and he'll be very great and he'll be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever and his kingdom will never end and Mary said "Uh, how can this be I'm a virgin and how many of us in our back of our minds yeah right whatever If you don't believe me, if somebody came up to you and said, I'm about to have a child, but I'm a virgin, what would you say? <laughs> yeah, all right, whatever. See, the miracle inside the miracle. She was a virgin. And see, Zechariah gave the argument, how am I going to know this is real? Versus her saying, I can't comprehend this because I haven't been with a man. It's the difference between doubt and just confusion. As I've told you, we're all ignorant of something. And she was ignorant of how, how is this going to happen? I I know how this stuff happens. And I haven't done the prerequisite for me to have a child. How's this going to happen? So he goes on. And he says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, and the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth, that was her cousin, has become pregnant in her old age. Yes, this is the same people that we context with, Zach and Liz, she's pregnant in her old age. And people used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son, and now in her sixth month, is now in her sixth month, For the word of God will never fail. The word of God will never fail. The word of God will never fail. If God says it, it's true. Amen? If God says it, it's going to happen. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. This is one time when I do like how it's phrased in the King James But Be it unto me according to your word. I don't understand it. I can't comprehend how it's going to happen. God, you said I'm the head not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm more than a conqueror. I don't understand how that's going to happen, and I don't feel it right now, but be it unto me according to your word. Amen. It's it's called faith. It's called believing. And then, the angel left. Poof, again. And the angel's gone. So here's the thing. How are we expecting? Certainly, at this point in time, Zach and Mary, neither one was expecting God. But now Mary is expecting God. The Son of God. And so many times, here's the thing. We've read this so many times. Sometimes we get immune. We read so many times certain things that it no longer jumps out at us. When you read Luke chapter 1 and you read, here's this, this girl who has done nothing spectacular other than she's found favor with God. There's nothing written before this about her. There's nothing that said that she did great feats. Nothing that said that she went out and won a great battle. Nothing that said that she was just outstanding in every area. You found favor with God. Nothing more than you found favor with God. And here was this immaculate conception. Okay? She's not been with a man. There's no way that you can uh, uh, describe this, no way that you can explain this. And so many times, here's the deal, don't miss the miracle inside this miracle. The the miracle that here's this angel that appears to this girl who's done nothing to deserve all this, but all of a sudden, here we go, she's going to have a child. That is amazing. That is miraculous. And sometimes we read this because this is one of those scriptures that it's it's the quintessential Christmas scripture. You've got to read it. You hear it read everywhere. To the point that sometimes we miss out on what an awesome miracle this is. We overlook the miracle. And my deal to you this morning is, how often do we overlook miracles in our life? There are some days whenever I get up and I say, God, I, 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 wanna, I want you to put the spectacles of heaven over my eyes. Because sometimes I, I begin to look at this world like Philip looks at this world. You ever have those days? We wake up, maybe we're a little cynical, maybe it just hadn't been the best week in the world, maybe we don't feel 100%, and all of a sudden we get negative in everything we look at. Well, that's just par for the course. Murphy's Law, if everything can go wrong, it will go wrong. And you know what? Sometimes we just need to stop and say, God, let me see the miracles that you're already doing. Let me see the miracle in in the sunrise or the sunset. Let let me see the miracle of things going on around me that I ordinarily would overlook. Why? Because I'm not expecting God. I look around this room and I, I see people who God has done wonderful, exceptional, fantastic things in your life. I look at my own life and I say, God, you have, you have done such awesome things in my life. And how, how conceited do I have to be to ignore those miracles and say, God, would you do something new? I've said it before and I, I say it often to God. He has already done enough for me that I could praise him the rest of my life if he never did another thing. But you know what? He's not going to stop. And the thing that we've got to do is, is put those spectacles of heaven on when we get up of a morning and begin to say, God, just let me see. Not, not God perform some miracle, but God, let me see the miracle that you are already working. Let me see the things in my life that are going on that you have already arranged since the found, before the foundation of the world. And we look in the mirror and we see... I'm saved and I have a relationship with God. That is miraculous. I'm no longer going to hell. Hallelujah. That ought to have got more than one amen. I'm not going to hell anymore. Amen. It's what I deserved. It's where I was headed. Beyond a shadow of a doubt. If I had died prior to the Lord coming into my life, then I... I would have been bound for hell for eternity. Hello! And now I'm not. That is a miracle. I look around and I see all the, all the stuff that God is working on. Sometimes, especially this time of year, we get into all the consumerism. We go from last week being thankful to this week we want our cart full. Heard somebody say it this week, and boy, did it strike home with me. He said, you're rich. How do you know you're rich? If you've ever had a box come to your house, and you don't have any idea what's in it. (laughs) It just says Amazon Prime, and it's like Christmas morning. I don't even know what I ordered. You're rich. We're rich. And sometimes all we concentrate on is what we don't have what I'm lacking, what I, would, what I want, what I desire. And God's saying, I've already filled your cart up. Just take a look at it. Take a gander at what is already there. And so sometimes we just need to wake up and say, God, I, I'm expecting God because he's already working. And really and truly it comes down to this. It is the difference between expectation in expectancy expectations is I've got this list of God I want this and God I want that and God I'd, uh, this is this is the way it looks. this is the height, the width, the depth of everything about it. this is what when you answer my prayer, this is what it's going to look like can't wait. Come on, God. Versus expectancy, and that is just whenever we say, God, I know what your word says. It says you're for me, not against me. It says that you know the plans that you have for me, and they're plans to do me good and not evil. Plans to bring me a hope in a future, and to bring the expected end. Okay? God, I know what my expected end is, and, and this is the way it looks, and this is, but, but what, what, what happens when it doesn't measure up that way? And why would we say it's not measuring up? Because we've got expectations. Versus just saying, God, here I am, and I know whatever you work out for me is going to be good. Throw my expectations to the wind. God, I have expectancy. God, this is, you know, we, we, we live in that, it's like I was talking about a few weeks ago, there. When I get there, everything's going to be perfect. Whenever, whenever you line out everybody in my life and they start doing exactly how I want them to do it. Perfect. All my prayers have been answered. Verses, God, regardless of what comes, would you work in me? Would you change my mind? Would you change my heart? Paul says, in whatever situation I am, I have found myself to be happy, content. In whatever situation, as long as I've got Jesus, I'm content. Verses. This is the way I painted this picture up. And if it never measures up, then God, I'm wondering why you didn't answer my prayers. And so here's the deal. In this day and time, and especially with it being Christmas, let's develop expectancy versus our expectations. Let's, let's just say, here God, here, is, here I am, such as I am. Would you do something in me? Would you let me be able to see what you're already doing, what you're already working out? Yeah, it may not have measured up to what I thought, but God, you know best. In every aspect of my life, would you do a miracle in me? Because see, here's the thing. God's already working on every one of us in every one of our lives for, for the awesome stuff that he, only he, knows exactly what it is and how it's, how it's going to work out in our lives. And I don't know about you, but I'd trade everything that I think for what God has. Amen? Because God knows best. So as we go on toward Christmas this year, let's let's approach it expecting. Let's approach it from the standpoint of God. Here's Mary. I know, you know, here's the deal. What are you expecting? Because I'll guarantee you at that point in time, Mary, here she is a teenager. She was expecting, because she was already... Engaged to be married she was expecting here is this guy who's just a man of my dreams and this is going to be happy trails guarantee you she wasn't thinking about having a child at that time because she wasn't even officially married she was just engaged and all of a sudden her expectations have to be moved to the side be it unto me according to your word be it unto me according to your word